Hey guys, Sklar Brothers here with Daniel Van Kirk. I am here. And our guest on the show is our favorite murderer because she murders this episode. Karen Kilgariff, thanks for joining. It was my pleasure. What a joy. We talk about We talk about swords. Oh, yeah. Uh, sword uh, stores. Sword yeah. stores. A guy who might have deserved to get attacked. Yeah. I'm not yeah. saying he did, but he might have. He's an e athlete. <laughs> yeah. He's an, an e athlete. That's all you need to know. That's all you need right. to know. Talk about Claudia tiny, and her life changes. Tiny Sasquatches. <laughs> tiny Sasquatches. And the Sheboygan Clogger. Which, you, yeah, that, we need the town's help on that one. This is it. It is sword stores, tiny Sasquatches, <laughs> and the Sheboygan Clogger with Karen Kilgariff. You have to listen to this week's episode of Dumb People Town. It's a good show. Hey guys, uh, it, this is me, Barry Ross Roth Roth Rothbart, and I'm Lucas Neff, uh, and we have a we have an amazing episode this week. Uh, we have Jessica Salins, and Jessica Salins is an organizer and storyteller who ran for city council in District 13 last year in Los Angeles. The campaign garnered 14 percent of the vote and in, evolved into the 501c4 organization Ground Game LA. Yeah. You can check out Ground Game LA at groundgamela.org, and you can make donations to their website as well. They're looking to create a progressive political uh, ground game sort of network in Los Angeles. To yes. Sort of build political campaigns from a, with a people first movement. And what I, th- I found amazing about her was she kind of came out of nowhere and decided to tackle an election, which felt like a unique thing that not a lot of people do. Yeah, she and was I like think, a regular person who's just like, and, I want to make a difference. And I know I say this a lot, but uh, this is one of the better episodes we've ever had, probably the best. I think it's absolutely the best episode we've ever done. We we ha- we get into a lot of crazy subjects about politics and what the reality of running for office is like. We also talk about what would happen if your tooth was missing. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the front of your face. Yeah, and we and we uh, also were uh, were happy to say that while Barry and I smoked in this episode, Jessica chose to not smoke. Yeah. So uh, it's just uh, if me and Barry sound super confused and baffled by everything, uh, that's why. Yeah, she didn't smoke, and we did. <laughs> On the record. We smoked a lot. Just for the record. For the record. Just FYI. She was not <laughs> high. We were very high. Um, and uh, we're going uh, to go, we're gonna go get high now to start the episode. Yeah, we're going to get super lit. Yeah, super get lit. Super get lit. That's a callback yeah. to another episode that you motherfuckers better have listened to by now. Okay, so okay. let's get high and save the world. Hey. Get high and save the world with Barry Rothbart and Lucas Neff. We're, uh, we're starting the podcast. There's Barry. <laughs> hey, Jessica. Oh, hey. <laughs> A little early for this. That's me. It? That's me right there. What are you talking about? What's early? We're supposed to be rolling. Are, are we, we rolling? rolling? We're finally rolling. All right. Uh, is this? Are we started? Yeah, we're started. Are Should we started? Go? I would like to Wait. ask. Shouldn't we start with like a quick chant? Chant. Let's get the podcast started. Let's get the podcast started. On the road started. Let's. All right. All right. I think everyone has tuned out. Yeah. Well, it didn't I go have... like. <laughs> Good to know. Um, so we have uh, our our good friend Jessica Salins here. Hi, Hi Jessica. Mm-hmm. 
How uh, how was your ride here? Was it? A... It was awful. <laughs> it was awful. Yeah, he really couldn't drive at all. You know that stop start thing, especially in a Prius. Oh, oh no, driver. real breaky. Yeah, oh yeah. no, real breaky. What did you say something? I, I did not. I didn't. No, I just rolled down the window. You just rolled down the window. I was getting a little car sick. Oh, it's like a message. (laughs) I always, I always thought this is. We'll we'll get into the to the beef of this, but I always thought that it would be interesting. You could tell me if I'm wrong. um, To have a little option before you get in a Lyft or an Uber to not have to talk, like you could just click a like a a button, a button where you don't have to talk. Yeah. Do you think that's a good idea? I do. But, um, you know, because some drivers don't take social cues, like yes. when you have really short answers, but then they keep talking. Right. You know, but then you don't want to be mean because you get rated, you know? Yeah. I, like I don't think it would be mean, episode. right? I think it would well, be I more also, informative. I'd be worried that they that most people would just automatically set the default to never talk. And then <laughs> yeah, the drivers great. would go crazy. Why? Eventually <laughs> from just the lack of human contact. I think that's just sort of being kept isolated in their cars all day would would uh, lead to the erosion of their mental health. I think they'd lose their minds. That's really? very empathetic. Can I ask you, did you lose your mind when you <laughs> decided to run for city council? Like what? Like Yeah, I never found I, it again either. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, people getting into politics is a really is a really scary, daunting thing. And so I feel like something incredible has to happen to get you to be like, you know, the the craziness of this doesn't scare me anymore. I want to try. What was that moment for you that made you decide you wanted to get into politics? Um, I hit rock bottom (laughs) and found that nothing in life mattered. And so, uh, you know, if you are choosing to be alive as opposed to like, I don't know, maybe killing yourself, right? Like, what do you do with your life then? And I was like, oh, well, might as well be in service to other people. But that was before. And then I got involved in Bernie Sanders' campaign, and there was, like, hope and good feelings. And then he didn't win, and there was awful, sad feelings. And then I just took his direction, and he said, get local. Wait, so so you hit bottom. Yeah. This is before the 2016 election. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is amazing, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah I, uh, I got really depressed with all of the— um, police killings of black and brown folks you know it was really hard to watch all the videos and i tried to make theater around racial injustice uh and uh, that wasn't working or stopping the so shooting you, you were doing theater in, in the yeah. bay area Is i was doing theater down here oh down here yeah right right yeah 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 so and that was then, your way of kind of being like i'm doing something yeah and yeah. i wasn't though i mean right. i was and it, was, it wasn't enough it wasn't enough yeah. and then like i read some books and like started learning about white privilege and then like just kept going down the rabbit hole of colonialism and imperialism and just got real sad it you sounds know? sad <laughs> it's really intense it sounds stuff. very sad so Sometimes then yeah. i do it for fun on but, saturdays <laughs> but there I'll is just a read about colonialism and imperialism <laughs> yeah yeah oh. it's great make make a pb and j <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. So you were you were you wanted to do something. Is that what happened? Um, I didn't know what to do, mm-hmm. and like everything I'd been pursuing in theater didn't feel like enough, and so everything felt really pointless. Um, you know, and mid twenties just suck. Anyway, yeah, they do. They're some of the worst. <laughs> They're the worst, I mean, and no one fair, tells you that. I feel like I have this feeling that we're going to say that about like almost every period of our lives. We're going to oh, be like, no. you know, it was really terrible <laughs> though. Oh, 45. Oh boy. Oh and no. And then like you know, fifty five, you're going to be like, this was a nightmare. And just I feel like life sort of reveals itself to be just much harder than we all anticipated constantly. God, you okay, man? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm okay. You I, sure? Uh, all right, you know, uh, as as much as yeah. um. 
as much as can be. Okay. But uh, I'm sorry, I don't want to detract here. No. Um, yeah. So you you were in in a low place, which I th- in in your mid twenties, which I think a lot of us can relate to. Um, what was the the moment where you 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 pivoted, or you, the sort of hinge moment where you sort of like made a decision to to make a change and mm. get involved? That's a really good question. I mean, like I think it was okay. It was, I mean, it was all right. It was an all right question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It it. Okay. If she likes it, she <laughs> likes it. You know what I mean? I you just want to hear her answer. So no, I mean, I, if, you know. if you like it, it's fine. It's it's okay to say that you prefer my questions. Oh, but you I don't, don't have to say that. Right, right, right. You can right. just sort of let me. Okay, I'll just give yeah. you like a uh-huh. look. Yeah, okay, yeah. Good? good to know. I, I good winked. to know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, can't, um, I keep my eyes closed this whole podcast, so I, just, I can't He's like anything. Daredevil. He's the Matt Murdock of podcasts. But yeah, so was there was there a moment? I think like Bernie's campaign really helped draw me back into um, feeling good uh, or feeling hopeful to work for something. I think when a lot of people, when I get depressed, it's often because I don't feel like I have a direction or a goal or a purpose. And so um, his campaign and volunteering for it gave me some purpose. And then that sort of helped me realize the other good things that were going on in life and and led me to other things that make me happy. Can you speak so, to any, uh, uh, just to, to double down there, were there <laughs> moments within the campaign itself that you can remember that were particularly like, oh, this is a moment that's now oh. like... So many. Can you mean you, good ones? Good yeah, moments? Like yeah, the, the ones yeah. that empowered you. Can oh, you yeah. Describe all I mean, moments? yeah, absolutely. I joined um, a group in Glendale as the leadership team. Um, and so we trained folks on the phones to phone bank for uh, Bernie. And we trained folks on how to register voters. And um, so helping other people understand the policy platforms and getting them acquainted with how to phone bank made me feel powerful because I knew how to do it and I'm very good talking to, with people and um, so that was great and I went to uh, Las Vegas I got my first tattoo in Vegas when I was canvassing for Bernie oh, uh, right before my birthday uh, 27 that's the year I turned oh uh, I think you got he, a, a, a Bernie's face my friend did my friend <laughs> oh. David got Bernie's face on his arm and that's why we went is because he really oh, wanted it uh-huh. is it hard to work for a guy whose face you have tattooed on you I don't know I, I didn't get that we'll have to ask David you know like because I was just thinking, like in most boss, uh, co- you know, employee situations, if the employee showed up with the boss's face yeah. tattooed on them, I it think would Bernie be would like it. Yeah, I think so too. I think it was a real like cheery vibe in general. But in, in other situations, I could see it being really alarming. Yeah, <laughs> right. If you get your can, uh-huh. can you talk really quick about the what it's like to make the decision to run for office? Because it feels like something that. It, it would be a difficult thing to just say one day that you want to do that, right? <laughs> well, I mean, it feels like it's something... normal people, yeah. yeah. Um, I am crazy. Yeah. <laughs> okay, good to know. So you mean like... You, <laughs> Definitely you just... let everybody you know, know in a campaign how insane you are, right? <laughs> right. Like, that's a good <laughs> right. thing to let... I think, like, when I got into uh, uh, comedy, as well, at first I was a comedian and I said... Uh, I, I couldn't tell people that I wanted to be a comedian because it felt, like, so crazy mm. to be like... I want to do... It's like being, like, sincerely being like, I want to be an astronaut. It's like, <laughs> it's a weird thing to say when you're older, right? So was it was it difficult to, to make the decision and make it public that you wanted to actually do this? No, that was really easy because it wasn't about, I want to become a politician. Like, that's the fucking worst. Right. Um, it was, I want to help people. Like, we are not being... Uh, 
served and helped by our current council member and there needs to be a change. So that was really easy because it didn't feel like it was, uh-oh, you took your headphones off. Yeah, it was okay? just too loud. Oh, it was like I'm, I'm very too loud. No, 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 no. I don't we like talk headphones about this. I go back and forth with headphones a lot. I can't hear it. Either of this, you, it's so not maybe you. I'm not being it's recorded me. at all. <laughs> Wait, you can't hear our voices? No. In your really? headphones? No. Oh, you should. What? That should. That should. We should have met, definitely known that. Am I not I being recorded? I think it's recorded? okay. No, no you isn't are. That funny, you should though, be able if it was to. Just your voices. You should be able to hear <laughs> your podcast. all of us. Um, maybe there's a loose thing. Podcast man is coming in and helping. Podcast Thanks, man, Brandon. Podcast man oh, is the, oh, the weirdest man. superhero. Oh my god, it's coming so loud. Coming in to plug stuff. <laughs> you can take them off. I like that you're grabbing your no, face. No, 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 that's great. Now I can just now hear my hear voice, and bit. I agree with you. I hate it. You, I hate oh, no, my voice. Oh, it's a good thing you, you pointed like so voice? that the audience at home knows who you're talking to. Oh, I'm sorry. I love both your voices. What do you think about your voice? Um, Why do you hate your voice? It's like really nasally. I have to go back here and talk like, like Barney oh, that's Flintstone. better. Can you keep it is there? Can you keep no, your voice there? Barney Rubble. Barney Flintstone. Yeah, Barney <laughs> Flintstone. I'm doing good. Um, so you made so wait, a decision. So I just, yeah, oh, we were talking about uh, what it was like to make the decision to say that you yeah, it was a lot of fire and ignorance. Honestly, right. like I looked fire up fire and ignorance. Yeah, like oh, I got the back next to Trump book, book right? <laughs> <laughs> Our living reality. Oh God! Yeah. <laughs> Please don't associate that. Uh, no worries. Uh, but- yeah, I uh, I looked up uh, my current. Count- I was like, "Who's my council member?" And um, it was Mitch O'Farrell. And uh, the way he talks about houseless folks is that we need to clean up our streets as opposed to taking care of people. And that was really the thing that was like, okay, great. That's all I needed to see that I'm going to run against him, <laughs> honestly. Oh. And then I went down to so LA. It was, it was so, so, sorry, so houseless is, is better than saying homeless, correct? Um, when you talk to folks who are houseless, a lot of them prefer that. Okay. I didn't so, know that. Yeah. And yeah. Pe- regular and people aren't supposed to. You can say regular. Live. I'm a regular person. <laughs> I, know, I mean, yeah. Uh, whatever the, the terminology is, the, it was the lack of empathy yes. in his well, sort of messaging. Not even empathy, but just like, what are the policies that you're doing? And then you look into the policies and they're actually criminalizing houseless folks as opposed to helping them. The, the narrative has shifted this year for a lot of city council members, which is great, but they have already passed numerous motions that actually criminalize houseless folks so it's just so frustrating so okay so can yeah. you quickly explain what a city councilman is if people don't know like there's yeah. a there's each district is 15 districts correct and i had to learn city. this yes. when when this recent election i didn't even know anything about our city I didn't council either. who it was yeah I, so yeah, maybe I, explain. I also know very little yeah mm-hmm. yeah so um you know la is really unique la city uh so there's la county and then there's la city and i ran for city council. Uh, there are 15 city council members on LA City. Um, and we're unique because... 50, 15, 15. 15. One five. Um, and we're unique because um, our city council holds incredible power and the mayor does not hold as much power unlike New York and Chicago where they have 50 city council members in New York City and in Chicago. Um, Chicago I think has 54 maybe. Uh, don't quote me on that. But so um, and each city council member in Los Angeles represents about 226,000 constituents. So they have their own little fiefdoms, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's insane how many people. And they and have a lot of power. They have so much power. And the frustrating thing is that, first of all, constituents don't know how much power L.A. City Council wields. They don't understand the budget of L.A. City Council. And it's not their fault because 
our city council members don't help us understand. So the only things that you will hear really a city council member talk about when they campaign are like potholes and how many trees they trimmed. Like literally, Mitch O'Farrell sent around flyers about how many trees they had trimmed and how many potholes they had filled. While we are experiencing houseless epidemic, extreme gentrification, absurd rental rise in rental rates, um, you know, environmental issues, and they could social be doing justice, more racial justice. Of course they could. Yeah. Of course they could. They so have, I'm guessing after the election, you and Mitch didn't sort of uh, reconcile. Listen, <laughs> the, you know, the sad thing is, is that um, I wish he wasn't such a coward. This is r- really honest. Like, I was very surprised at even during the campaign, that he wouldn't look me in the eye, um, that he wouldn't talk directly to me, that we couldn't have a conversation, which I think is a real missed opportunity. I was very, like, we got along, the rest of the candidates and myself got along very well. We all still actually work together, do work together. Um, Sylvie Shane and I are actually good friends. Um, She was the other progressive woman woman running. And the other sad thing is that we have had to interact with Mitch's office and and they um, get very frustrated very easily with us, even though we are very patient with them. Um, And our requests for meetings are not something that is extreme. It is something that we are organizing block by block. Request a meeting f- with him. With him yeah. or with his staff members, and they refuse to meet with us. Right. Um, so it's really frustrating because we are still He's avoiding you guys. Yes. Right. And stalking us. <sighs> stalking so you guys. Yeah. How's he stalking Like on guys? social media and, and things like that. Like they know when we're doing things, they try and tell, like we canvassed a bunch of business owners who faced um, it, loss of business due to this crazy construction that happened. And um, we so we did the canvas and then Mitch's folks came out and told the business owners, oh, you don't need to meet with them again, referring to ground game, which evolved mm-hmm. from our campaign. So it's just so, really. So maybe you can tell us nuts. a little bit more of like this organization, uh, you know, we're sort of going backwards and forwards in time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) But uh, uh, you brought it up. Ground Game is an organization that came out of the the results of the election. The other candidates who didn't win. Uh, is it is that, is that what happened? You guys came together. Well, so or who, no, what so exactly? so the, our campaign, the Jessica Salins campaign, um, was entirely volunteer based, and we had about thirty plus core volunteer members. Um, and so after we after the election happened, we wanted to continue organizing, and we had met with a lot of organizers during the campaign, and we sort of saw where we could bring a new kind of organizing into the field. Um, by being the actual outreach by going on the ground and knocking on people's doors. Um, And so we formed a 501c4 organization. Most grassroots organizations are 501c3s. um, And 501c4s can do political lobbying. 501c3s Mm. can't. So um, we can... uh, 501c... Because they're nonprofits and... why? I don't know. The way that they set There's a registering for political organizations, right? Isn't there, It's a different... Uh, I'm sure the, the tax rules are slightly different. They are different. And 501c3s uh, are not... That's what I thought. Y- yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just that, want to make sure. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. You're just uh-huh. testing us. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Barry's the quiz guy. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. always quizzed us. I know. I'm like... Just yeah. making sure everybody yeah, knows, knows the the how this all works. Right. Barry knows everything. <laughs> yeah, he's just um, making sure that you know, hey us mortals do. Oh, shit, yes. It's time for... Okay, so we're doing a really quick segment. this day... Um, this is uh, uh, mainly just a 
keep us from getting any momentum in a conversation. But on this day is a segment where we find out about something cool that happened <laughs> on that. this day in history. And February today 6th. is February 6th. So 2018. 20, I don't know. 2018. Well, uh, I'm going to take us back in time to 1862. Oof. Okay. When forces under the command of Ulysses S. Grant and oh, Andrew H. Foote gave Union Foot? forces... Uh, yes. Okay. Uh, I mean, sure. I think the E is silent. Um, <laughs> uh, Ulysses S. Grant and Andrew H. Foote gave Union forces their first victory over the traitorous, slavery-loving South. Mm. You know? So I think that's a pretty good moment in history when the, the Union was coming coming together and finally got notched a W, you know? We so, took some L's, but we bounced right wait, back. Wait, so the Civil War was won? No, it wasn't won, but it's we a, won our first battle the in the first Civil battle War. battle was won. No, the first battle, Union soldier. How first, many did we lose before that? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> listen, like, they didn't want to get into that on, I guess those all <laughs> happened before February 6th. They were like, I don't know, it was the 13th battle. Of the Civil War. No, I don't know. It was the sixth. Does that sound better? It was the sixth <laughs> battle of the Civil War, guys, just before the Union. History. I mean, this I, is what m- well, most white men have done throughout whoa, time. Whoa, whoa. Lucas isn't white. But don't just because I'm following in an ancient, time-honored tradition of us white men rewriting history. To that was our the podcast. original name of this podcast: White Men Rewrite History. <laughs> Mm-hmm. We, re- well, we thought it would history. be kind of problematic. Yeah, I mean, we- rewrite history. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so that was uh, that was on this day. I know on this day, it always feels you can always feel a little bit of tension in the room whenever I mention something that feels f- vaguely pro-American. <laughs> And uh, it's just something about the you guests we have. You are oddly patriotic. I'm not, though. I'm really not. And I'll be the Isn't first it, to say I, it. I feel like it's it's gotten weird to be patriotic, right? Yes, that's what I'm saying. So anytime I'm like, and this thing happened in American history, where like something kind of goodish happened yeah. in, with American connotation, right, like right. an American uh, residue or aura about it, people get really nervous. And I think it's because it's not a good time to be pro-America. Well, you know, I think what we need to acknowledge is like, the actual history that's happened in this country and then recognize like where we have been amazing and that's all come from movements right whether it's a civil rights movement or the movement to vote and and also all of those movements have their own problems Did you say vote? Them. yeah like for women and for speaking people speaking of color. that in february 6th on 1918 <laughs> that's the not british true. parliament gave certain women who met minimal property rights over the age of 30 the right to vote in crazy Britain. You said that without looking at a phone. Yeah. You just memorize a lot of facts. You got a lot of facts in there. I got it. I got that. Is one. that what part else of happened the today? Did you make the segment longer? No, I just oh. I was like you know I was like hey you know what there's another thing that I think uh, she reminded me of it. What else do you know? What else do you know? Whatever it was, I wasn't there. I was I was asleep at home watching TV. <laughs> Um, but, um, so, okay, so... Um, yes, 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 yes. Back on track. So back on track. Here <laughs> we go. I wish everybody could see Lucas's hands at that point. <laughs> I got a lot of jazz hands happening today. <laughs> um, okay, so was... I had a question about you when you decided to run. Okay. What We're is going the, back. What is the... What, if someone wanted to run tomorrow for city council, do you feel like it's accessible to do if someone wanted to? I know there's not an election tomorrow, but is it, is it something... To... Did you think it would be more accessible to people to actually get on the ballot or like what was the first step getting on the ballot yeah. well the first step was like freaking out and like putting a team together and then like 
Walk us through. Yeah, what was that? Yeah, take, take your time. time. Take your time. Give us some details. You 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 like Ocean's Eleven? Did you just say 11. details? You know, on February sixth. <laughs> <laughs> that one stuck. I don't know. It was sticky. But um, yeah, yeah. So like, yeah. You, take us through that. Don't yeah. Don't skip over the juicy bits. They're all juicy. Um, like when you put together a team. What is that? What does that mean? Well, so my my background is as a theater director and producer, and so I sort of looked at starting a campaign as. Uh, um, casting a play, right? Like there's certain roles that need to be filled. You need your outreach person, your communications team, your vol- director of volunteers, your this, that, and the other. And so um, I, you know, identified a couple friends, a campaign manager. So I identified a couple friends that I knew and I got them together in my living room. And, and that was, that was like step one. I'm running. I'm going to get people together. Yes. That's great. Okay. I also sure. like reached out to folks that um, like either had done this before and knew people who were sort of consultants, but I never hired a consultant because I don't believe in money in politics. But there were some people that are consultants that were nice enough to meet me for coffee, and like they would tell me like you need to do this, oh, that, like, and the other. Like and Roger I'd be Stone, like Roger Stone, but the good guys. I don't. Who's Roger Stone? Isn't he a consultant? Uh, he was a uh, he's a bad guy. Who's oh, see, very I don't, ostentatious. Yeah, I don't, yeah. For, so like uh, political Trump. consultants are people who get people elected, right? Yeah. Yeah, they like uh, consult you on how to win a campaign. And pretend the thing I'm is, dumb. Uh, well, <laughs> I don't. For the rest of this podcast, <laughs> <laughs> just take a leap and pretend I'm dumb. <laughs> um, yeah, so political consultant, and they were they were like, "Here's what you got to do." Yeah, and I was like, "I'm not doing any of that." Yeah. What was it? Like, what's some of the stuff? Well, like, this is where you spend your money. This is how you raise money. This mm. is who you talk to. This is like, it's, and we're, especially, sorry. No, I'm sorry to cut you off. I was just going to say that they were like, you need to hire a campaign manager who will be with you 24-7. And I said, I am not going to pay anybody. We are all going to be volunteers Mm -hmm. because I don't believe in money in politics. Okay. And all of our money was going to come from small dollar donations. And that's what happened. Right. So that would take uh, some compromising of what you wanted to do to be able to achieve that. Uh, I don't think so. Like, no, what? if you wanted money, if you wanted to get a consultant, and they told you that you need to you need to raise money, right? What does that mean? Well, like they they're working with traditional campaigns, and right. so um, we didn't run a traditional campaign. Any, I would say, anybody who wants to run for office should not run a traditional campaign. Yeah. And if you want to run for office, you should start reaching doing what is things a, now. What is a traditional campaign? Can you define that for yeah, us? Yeah. So it's like you're the candidate. First of all, there's one person who chooses to be the candidate and you get a group of consultants or staff around you. So a campaign manager, a data person, maybe a social media person, a press person, et cetera, like different roles. They're all paid. <clears throat> you have your database. So whether that's VAN or PDI, this is voter data. And you're identifying folks by party. So if you're running as a Democrat, you would only go to Democratic households. You'd be identifying folks who vote often um, as opposed to not as often you'd be going to democratic clubs and getting endorsements you would be raising lot glad handing glad handing yes you'd be having a lot of fundraisers as opposed to not having fundraisers and just starting to knock on doors right away you yourself might as a candidate might knock on doors as much as say like you would pay volunteers to do that that would be a traditionally run campaign and what okay so what is a non-traditional campaign in, in your eyes looks like. So Ground Game, which stemmed out of the Jessica Salins campaign for city council, is going to – is starting a coalition to run a progressive slate for candidates for city council for 2020. So this new idea of how to run a campaign looks like getting all the nonprofits, grassroots groups, maybe faith-based groups, any folks that want to join together in a room, create a people's platform – 
elect the authentic messengers who will run as candidates from that coalition group and then start knocking on doors by next year, 2019, even though the election won't be until the spring of 2020 or fall of 2020. So that means that you've got folks knocking on every single door in the district that someone's running in before any moneyed candidates get in there. Oh, because so creating if, a coalition of, of voters. Of people. Yeah. Of people. Because if and you a lot of people don't even know that there are city council elections. Right. Yeah. And so the idea is to connect with people because we, mm-hmm. if the other side has money, what do we have? We have maybe time, passion, and and people. Podcasts. Yeah, sheer numbers. And podcasts. The three sheer P's. The P- time, <laughs> people, and podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> Triple P. The P silent on the time, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. The time. Time. The time. Like, the way it was pronounced in old Greek. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like Ptolemy. Yeah, Ptolemy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, that's what I thought was striking was uh, you seemed like one of the few that people knew about, the few council people that didn't seem like a career politician, that no. was someone who just kind of wanted to shake up the party. What did was that like a big reason? Not the party, I, like like you were you were not I running say, as a fuck Democrat. The parties. Yeah, you were. <laughs> no. I was running unidentified, unidentified, on whatever. Like, un, there's a, independent. Yeah, because mm-hmm. uh, in LA Council you don't have oh undeclared. You don't have to declare. declare. No, you don't okay. have to declare. You don't have to declare yeah. for LA City Council, right. which is what I liked about it. And when you get on the really local level, we all really have the same value system. Some you need to like judge the narrative. Yeah, they're all kind of on the left. No, not everybody is, but like, say, like, you, so, like, the issues that we're facing, so, say, like, houselessness or homelessness, right? Like, some, a business owner might be like, that's blight on the street. Like, get these crazy people out of here. So, you can go to that business person and say, like, hey, like, these people, like, can't afford housing. Like, what if we were to do A, B, and C to get them off the streets, but to take care of them? They'll be like, that's great. Do it. Even though, their first response was angry. So you just have to change the narrative for them. But we all want the same thing. We right. want folks housed, right? Yeah. So, so it's not as much like level, a political. You're saying that there's yeah. a lot of shared in, in this particular district. There's a lot of shared interests. And on local issues, period. Local I think there's issues. a lot of shared. Yeah. Uh, the, the in a in a small the smaller the consensus, the more likely you can find common ground, right? To a certain extent, mm-hmm. like the fewer people there are, the easier did it is to. You, find did you find that people ground. want you to do more like small weirder things, like be, make like I want st- uh, another speed bump on my street, or like, like I personal, want local. I want my uh, my block to be less noisy. Yeah, and especially if you I go want. to neighborhood councils, you're going to get all that kind of stuff because yeah. they're the loudest. Right. Um, and that's fine. And the the purpose of being a city council person is to give a little bit of leadership and guidance, right? So it's not that you don't take care of those things. You do, and mm-hmm. it's efficient, and you communicate with folks. But you also make sure that our police aren't killing 300 people Every five years, right? You make sure that we are having a vision for our streets so that it's not a concrete jungle, so that people can actually bike down the street without being scared of dying. You know, you have to hold a long term vision and then bring people into that vision and then all work together to make it happen. Right. And right now we don't have that. So what we do have, though, <laughs> what we do have, Brendan, this feels like a segment. It's a smoke break. Yeah. Oh, God. I was. Yeah. What? I needed it. it. I needed it. It's a smoke break. We're taking a smoke oh, break. Oh, we're doing it already? Yeah. It's, it's oh, time. Oh, wow. That's cool. Yeah. We've okay. run long, actually. Oh, wow. Yeah, I know. Impressive. Right. Sorry. I'm impressed. Sorry, talk everybody. All right. We'll be we back do. in a second. You don't talk a lot. You talk just the right amount. Yeah. I mean, whatever's whatever you're vibing, say it. 
Uh, I'm out of here. Bye. <laughs> that was that was real smooth. The way we got out of that. I'm in so a hilarious. holding pattern in my brain right now. We're recording. <laughs> We're recording. So get off your holding. I pattern. literally I can't. Yeah. The, the plane is just flying around in a circle right now. What's happening? What's going on? I was on arrested there? for stealing a shopping cart from Home Depot <laughs> because where did you get I, caught? Wait, well, sorry. the story is that I uh, I wanted a dolly shot in college for a, sh- a short film I was working on. I needed a dolly shot, and I was what like, they all? always leave shopping carts outside at, of the Home Depot. So my friend and I went and got one and just started wheeling it down the street. Like, it was like a mile away from my house. And then, like, four cop cars showed up out of nowhere and were just like, where'd you get that? And I was like, I was like, I found it. <laughs> I was like, I found it on the streets, and they were like, "No, you did it." Apparently, they someone had seen it on the cameras and called the cops, and uh, and they were. My friend had an FBI card because his uncle was in the FBI, and he was like, "Hey, look, my uncle's in the FBI." They were like, "All right, we're arresting that guy," and they arrested me, and I spent. uh, It was on four twenty, two thousand six. I mean, it all adds up. That's the thing is, all of it adds up. Queens, and I had to go to Queens Central Booking, and I spent like eighteen hours. In oh. central booking. Oh my god. With like murderers and stuff. Yeah. And they were like, what are you in for? And I'm like, stealing a shopping <laughs> cart from Home Depot. They were like, was there a body in it? Why was it? <laughs> this is the thing. That's where you're wrong. You should have been like, allegedly stealing a shopping cart. I denied it till the end, too. And then I ended up seeing the judge, and the judge was like, why are you here? Like, this doesn't make any sense. And I was no, like, exactly. Man. And you got to cut down those shopping cart thieves. It's an epidemic <laughs> out there. What about you? Were you arrested ever? We were arrested. I was arrested. We. We. Did you talk about yourself in the fifth (laughs) person? We were arrested. Is that the fifth person? It's a different dimension. A group of us were arrested uh, last year uh, for the second anniversary of the Aliso Canyon gas storage facility blowout. And there were 18 of us total. And, um, God, jail sucks, man. It's, like, the worst. That's not so bad. And so inefficient. (laughs) No, it's the worst, yeah. I'm always, the food's terrible. I'm always like, we didn't get food. I got no food. food. Salami. They gave us salami on I, bread. I, I no was, mayo. Or mustard. I was only in a holding cell very briefly. How long did you spend in jail? <laughs> um, it was overnight, which oh. we were really shocked about. That's crazy. Yeah. How and you were alone. I was alone. There was a girl next to me, but she I think she was coming down off of something. Yeah. Oh. So I sang and I and I and I <gasps> ripped sang. up and I ripped up toilet paper and I like made a design in the door because it had little holes in it. Oh, that's why they oh, put you in solitary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm crazy. They, put the, crazy. they keep the creative prisoners away. <laughs> right. You know? When I was in jail I kept a uh, a poster of Raquel Welsh on the wall and I kept chipping away at a hole behind it mm-hmm. until I had a tunnel. And that's how I escaped. That's how you got out. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah. They made a movie about it. Yeah. yeah, it was uh, called, the oh, show. It's called Oz. Yeah, Oz. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. it is a good one. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think we're like gonna get that. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. That's this is all gold. I don't think we're even recording. Are we, we are. No, the t- the clock's Why is moving. It, not moving. it is moving. It's oh, it counting up. Oh, I forgot. I looked at it <laughs> for you, just long enough. Are you looking to see the second hand? The clock is in fact moving. Yeah, the clock is. Time is definitely in effect. Are there hands? Per use, and I I would like to know. We still haven't really talked about it, or. As a follow-up to earlier, you talked about wanting your campaign staff to be all volunteer. 
What was the fear? What was like the fear in paying for a campaign manager? Yeah, why were you so scared of it? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not sure that that was a fear actually. If I may, a fear. And what was so, your why phobia? Why are you so scared of paying? Have some why am I so afraid of money? Yeah. yeah, green bills. Um, yeah, I mean, like as a like value. Yeah. Right. As like, a value? As a value, I don't believe that money should be in our political system except to take care of people. Um, I don't think the way that we run campaigns, I think, is very silly. Uh, and that, sorry, you had a thought. No, no, no. no, no I, I want to hear that thought. No, just the, no, the, no, no. The, I'm just. I want to hear the rest of your thoughts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, just about the what the difference would be in paying for like staff on a campaign versus it being volunteer staff. What is uh, well, what's the difference? There's something. It's sort of like when you're and well, maybe this isn't a good example, but like you know, in college or when you're younger, and you or even now, and you do a play and it's for free. Everyone who is there wants to be there. Everyone who is there is so passionate about the project. And so when you pay people who are do campaign then work, it's a job. then it's a job yeah. and you're sort of going through the motions off. and yeah. it's not specific as specific. And also, first of all, it costs a lot. And like, I didn't want to raise that much money. Right. Because in my mind, if I'm going to raise a lot of money, I want to like house someone or I want to like, you, you know, help someone out of poverty. You know, like I don't want to spend it on a consultant or a campaign manager, I guess, even though that would pay someone's livelihood, I suppose. But um, inherently, I don't think that should be the system in which we get things done. I wish, like, the way I see it is it would be great if a town got together you know, three times a year and we're like, hey, this is who we've had to sort of represent us or here's a few people and now we're going to turn it over and so who do we want and what do we care about and what would we like to see in our community? That's not how our system is right now, locally, state or federally, but I think the more people that are involved in these choices, the better off we are. And uh, what occurred to me, because we were we were pretty involved for the first time ever in a city council election. Like we went. Oh, yeah. Full we disclosure. Went to, we we went helped to on your campaign. <laughs> yeah, we tried to. It yeah. I mean, late, was... late in the game to say that. But no, uh, no, we did. Just, you know, <laughs> what, what everything is colored else? through that lens. After the whole thing was said and done, what occurred to me is it doesn't feel totally like a democracy right now the way it is. It felt like Mitch O'Farrell was going to win. And he was sure he was going to win. And he didn't even have to try because a lot of people didn't even know anyone else but him. And they didn't care about who else was running. So it was kind of just like, hey, everyone, have your little your little election. Like, just play election and I'm just going to win anyway. Right? The most amazing thing, though, was that he did end up trying toward the end because... He got scared. I mean, we got him under sixty percent of the vote. That is right. An, so explain that. Yeah. An incumbent. So he needed to to get below a certain percent to have 50%. the runoff, right? Yeah. Which even gives you a shot. So it wasn't like people running were trying to win outright. It was trying to get o- above a threshold, right? Yeah. There were a couple folks who were running that really their whole goal was to get him under fifty percent. Our campaign wanted to win because I don't mm-hmm. see doing it if you're not <laughs> in that mindset. Yeah. In it to win it. So yeah. Um, but we got hit an incumbent, which is huge in Los Angeles City, under 60 percent. Um, and and he had been working for Eric Garcetti prior to that for 10 years. So that is 
huge. That shows that there is a sea change. And to be honest, if our team had gotten on the ground quicker, like say November, and we had canvassed the entire district three times, I do think we would have won. That that leads me Ooh. to a question that I have wanted to ask. Yeah. Like, it, you know, from okay. what you've said, it sounds like um, you wouldn't change certain aspects of your campaign. Like, uh, you know, you, you you'd still want to be all volunteer, but. W- are there things that you would do differently? Yes. Can you tell <laughs> so me so many of those? things? More things differently yeah. than not. What were you going to say? Barry? No, that's no, no. It. I would like to know what those things are. Yeah, if you could I share. mean, I would, <laughs> you would have gotten on the ground. My eyes just went blank, so I think you thought I was going to say something. <laughs> no, no, your no. eyes have been closed yeah. this whole time, though. Yeah. Right? No, if you opened my head at that moment, there was a pickle with a top hat. It was just dancing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah. I mean, we would have gotten on the ground faster. So uh, we did all of like. You know, we did all of the things that you sort of do in a traditional campaign. You put out the press releases and you do interviews and you go to <clears throat> meetings and, and all of that was good. But I w- we would have just started knocking on doors like as soon as I had filed. And really, our whole campaign team, the core of it was probably together by the end of November. So if we had canvassed December, January, February, and then up to March 7th, um, we would have... because. In the last three weeks, we knocked on every door in the district. And if we had done that three times, and vote-by-mail ballots dropped in February. So if we had gotten on the ground prior to February once, during February once, and then February, March, it would have been a game changer. Why would it have been a game changer? Because everybody we talked to liked us. Like, we were getting to people. We didn't leave a conversation. People were like, no, I'm not. And did they vote? Did the numbers show that they came out? Yeah, we got 4,000 votes. No, I mean, like, the voter turnout. Was it based on who you talked to? Our voter turnout was bigger than any other district. So in Los Angeles City, it was only 11%. But we had more people turn out than we did when it was an open—and I don't have the numbers on me, but it was more people turned out than the previous time there was an election when um, it was an open seat, which is a big deal. Uh, Which means that our door knocking was successful. Yeah, so just informing people. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yep. Yeah, I feel like the thing was like that. Your ratio was high for the people you talked to. Yes. You felt those people then went and voted for you. Yes. Um, Definitely. So. Who's to say if they did? But someone voted for us. No, no, no. I was just, uh, I was just curious about like. what the 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 person to person aspect of this is what you feel is the most effective part of the campaign. Yes is always going to be the most effective part of a campaign. Can you tell me about any, like, one instant that maybe th- where you felt that happen or, or you, you know, can you describe Did you us? like anyone you met? <laughs> None of them. No. <laughs> no, I did. <laughs> you know, when we were gathering signatures, I actually had a guy throw coffee on me. <laughs> what? On purpose? <laughs> yeah, on oh. purpose. He actually did that thing where he, like, tripped, and he was like, oh, sorry. Was it Mitch? No, it yeah. wasn't Mitch. No, Mitch O'Farrell poured <laughs> coffee on you? That's crazy. Hot coffee. Why? Why did they do that? Hot Guys. coffee in your face? Um, because I bugged them. I didn't. They didn't want to sign the petition, and I, I did say something sassy. I like walked away, and I was like, okay, you know, that's you know one reason why we have Trump. And then he threw his because people aren't getting involved, you know. And then he threw his coffee on me, which like obviously triggered something. You know, so. because he didn't want to be the sole reason that Trump was elected, I think. <laughs> right? And that's exactly that's what, what was like. the I meaning mean, behind my words. That's a, <laughs> so. a terrible way to show you're a good person. <laughs> yes, to throw coffee at someone's it's face. It's actually more in line with probably something Trump would do. Yeah, right. It feels yeah. Trumpian. It was a Trump. It was. It's a weird paradox there that man put himself in. Okay, really quick. I just have a really quick question because I watched your debate. Yeah, uh, I I probably 
I don't know. I don't remember which school. But you, how many debates did you guys do? There's actually only one. And Mitch O'Farrell didn't show up. Mitch which O'Farrell I showed was, up to one. If Mitch, if you're listening, you should have. Um, <laughs> Mitch listens this, to our this, podcast. Right, of course he um, does. But this was in Silver Lake, right? This was Silver Lake or Echo Park. Yeah, Silver Mitch Lake. Mitch wasn't the there. Silver Lake one. How... Was it nerve-wracking being at a debate? Because it seems like it's one of the most nerve-wracking things. And and I think as a follow-up to that is, like, how did you manage self-doubt throughout <laughs> this whole... Because it feels like it's easy to kind of doubt yourself yeah. through this whole process, right? Was, yeah. it, was Did your confidence stay pretty much steady and high throughout the whole time, or...? No, of course not. <laughs> oh, okay, good. Um, but there was a lot of confidence, I think, because um, it just was go, go, go. So, like, if you doubt yourself, it's like, what what are you doing to pause? Right. Like, why are you doing that? Yeah. Kind of. Um, although I did take time to take care of myself. But so, okay, first question, debate. Um, yes, the debate was scary. Mostly why it was scary is because I was fresh to local politics, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I had... So that's sort of the doubt that always crept in was, like, am I the right person to do this? I don't know enough, right? But, like, right. no one knows enough, right? Right. So yeah, it's right. fine. I don't maybe think that's, that's an advantage. I think it was because yeah. I also had a fresh perspective on a lot of things. Um, right. But so the team that we had, like we did a lot of research. Um, they we they prepped me. You know, you they, did like mock debates, not mock debates, but like we would talk through questions or we would, uh, you know, that sort yeah. of thing. And I would then give some answers or like my thoughts on it. Um, and then they would give feedback on like whether that sounded good. Um, I'm also like from my theater background, relatively OK, improvising, especially when questions are asked. So that wasn't as scary. Um, but it was mostly like making sure that I got the numbers right, that I right. felt like I knew enough about policy that was going to come up so I could sound not only articulate, but that I was informed. And had an opinion. And had an opinion, and it was strong, and it was also visionary. And that, charm, and to be good always, at... Always. Yeah, that there. makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I mean, you want to be engaging, because you want to be charismatic so people trust you, believe in you, and also want to work with you. Um, and then the second question, self-doubt, like, definitely, there were a couple of... You know, the times that I took to myself, I would just, like, burrow in my room, and those were the times where I would, like, cry, maybe. (laughs) But, like, I also had so many people on the team who were so invested, and so I wasn't doing it for me. I was doing it for them. And also, every time I talk to a person, Bernie Sanders talks about this, how, like, the reason he has so much energy is because he goes out and he talks to people, and you get energized from that. Like, it's it's It feels real. It yeah. is real. It's it like, is real. It speaking, is incredible. Speaking, speaking of, of real. Speaking of real. Uh-oh. Thunder? No. Lightning. Lightning? Do you want to do lightning round? Lightning round. Lightning round. Ah! Okay, really quick. Really okay, quick. Really quick. Round. This is going to be so Do you quick. notice how much our energy goes up for some reason? <laughs> oh, we do lightning well, round. Segments so are this so is, fun. Jessica, you got to pay attention real quick. This okay. is this is a very important round. This is mm-hmm. one of the most important things that we do. Um, this We're going to ask you five questions oh, God. to mm-hmm. get to know you a little bit oh, better. Shit. Get to know the Salon. Has anyone ever called you Caesar Salon? <laughs> Hold on. That, the, we, uh, we don't know. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Know. Is that a question? Know. No, it's not. It's not a question. Not a that's question. just a that's, regular that's conversation. Just, has anyone ever question. called you that? No, but they will now. Caesar, Caesar Salon. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I mean, that's it's good. pretty catchy. <laughs> um, okay. So here's, so here's gonna, how it works. Do you want to explain? I'm going to ask you five questions. Okay. You have to listen to all five of the questions okay. before you answer. Okay. And you have to remember them. Okay. And then if you could answer all five, great, you get a point. Also, you have to do it in 30 seconds. Answer. I mean, the time is Answer like all loose, five. But time is elastic, try. but definitely, uh, we're going to say ahead of time, strictly 30 seconds. And okay. answer yeah. honestly. Yeah, you have to answer honestly. You have <laughs> to answer honestly. We'll know the difference. You ready? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, here we go. And Barry's asking. And let's go. Okay. 
What's more likely, first gay president or first little person president? Who's the best <laughs> vice president of all time? Try to remember these. Did Bernie Bros ever exist? Uh, lasagna or baked ziti? Uh, if a female president is ever elected, what title should should her husband get? First man or the gentleman married to Madam President? <laughs> Go. Oh, shit. What was the first one? I know this is really no! tough. No! Time is going. Uh, no Bernie bros. Uh, uh, lasagna. Um, lasagna over Big Z. That's I hate vice presidents. It doesn't matter. You gotta and pick one. You have to. No. No. Okay. <laughs> Al Gore because he believes in climate change. Okay, great. Um, I like that. I don't remember the first one. Fuck. First one was what's more likely? First, I I never do gay. This. Oh no 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 no! I wanted to say little person. That's more likely than a gay per- president. Only okay. because I want it. Okay, and then the last one. Do you remember the last one? Uh, I do, and it's the latter. Okay. The gentleman. The the, the so you think that the 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 husband of the first female <laughs> president should be called the gentleman married to Madam President? Yes, absolutely. Okay, I mean that's clearly uh, of those the right two choices. Answer. I actually okay. think I'd choose something else. I gotta say the only oh, one I don't did. agree with is lasagna over baked ziti. I don't think I've ever fine. had baked ziti. You what? <laughs> Barry just turned. He just like got a red look in his eyes. I wish I could describe this for people at home. He's you so know what, angry. You know what right baked ziti is really good with, right? Uh, Caesar salad. Ah, uh, but a big. Okay. Oh, you got buried. <laughs> all right, that's so rough. you get no points for that. No points. Zero yeah. points, which leads oh, to. Oh, no, wait, you got them all. She got them all. She got them all, so that's so five that's points. So that's one point. One point. You get one like point. You get one point for point. the quality work you did in round one. That brings us to round two, <gasps> where I'm going to ask you five not as good questions. Um, and you're going to have 30 seconds to try and answer them. Okay. Barry's questions were so much. Your questions were great today. <laughs> Thank Can you. I just say that? Yeah, yeah. They it was were a great. good day. I had a good day. I was on you today. did. I was not. I, that's what's been revealed to me in this moment. Question. Question one, if you could cheat to win an election and get away with it, would you? Two, would you have America if you could choose? Three, when should dead people be given the right to vote? Four, what's your favorite political movie? Five, what person do you regret voting for and why? Go. No, no, no. Wait, I don't remember the question. No, no, no. One of those was a when. (laughs) (laughs) No, but it's a no. If you... Uh, it says when. The question is when. When should dead people be given the right to vote? No. Yeah, no. I agree with that. Oh, I agree with that. Feels undemocratic oh, you messed up my rhythm, four, four. Lucas. Okay, sorry. Four. You're already not getting the points, I think, for this. But Yeah, you're going. This is, listen. <laughs> what? No, listen. I'm not going to tell you that you're doing terribly yet. Four. I'm what's your favorite to hear political the movie? To this. Yeah, political movie. And then five, what person do you regret voting for and why? Do I watch political movies? Um, everything's political, so my favorite movie is Benny and June. Ooh, that might be the least political movie I could remember <laughs> yeah. ever seeing. That's crazy. Yeah, Bullworth is mine. I like uh, Bullworth political a lot. movie. Um, All the President's Men was it? What's the the one with the the Watergate Oh, Twelve one? Angry Men's fun. Twelve Angry Men, not political, but I like that. It's, it's not really part of the it's legal. It's legal part of the system. government. Yeah, I guess. sure. That it could is be that. definitely political. Mm. I mean, there's political aspects to it. I mean, there's social remember, aspects. Remember, remember the Titans. My aspects favorite. To it. <laughs> You're out of time by this point, and Shit. you still have one question. Okay, what is it? She already lost that. What round. person do you regret voting for, and why? I mean, yeah. Take your time at this point. <laughs> Uh, I don't know, like probably a judge that I didn't look up prior mm. to the election. <laughs> Isn't it okay. funny how with yeah, judges, that's very honest. Thank you're just you. like, I'm gonna, hey, I'm gonna award it's an A name. I'm I like gonna, it. Well, I can't because it was after time, but no, if I could, I'd give you a point. Instead, you're going to get zero. 
Wow. Can I just say, well, you, you didn't guys took all the up my time by saying that I didn't answer correctly. She's to right. She I'll didn't give you one point. Which was really rude. I'll give you one point <laughs> I wasn't that. rude. You're right. <laughs> uh, no, we have to host the game the way it's intended. This is all the way it's supposed to go. You get one point, though. That's a fair defense. You know, we should have interrupted less. But at the same time, you didn't know the question, so we had to. Anyway, um, I've got a question I have a for quick you guys. question. Oh, yes, finally. Would you rather? Yes. Ooh, it was time to do that a while ago, I think. Can we wait a moment? I'm so happy that we get to do it now. Can no, I do one you, question? And can, then you, can it be would you rather? Can that be the okay, question? Okay, I'll do a quick would you rather. This is where we learn a little bit more about you through oh, a would thanks, you rather Brendan. question. I'm so excited that a segment This again is really time. quick, and you could get one point or not one point, depending on whether or not I like Which is answer. also known as zero. What leads up to this accumulation <clears throat> of points? Do I get someone's You'll see. voice on the... Oh, okay. You'll see. Um, okay, that's would the, you rather... That is funny. That's the first time anyone's no, ever asked not. that, isn't it? No. No, several people have asked I'm not that. unique, Lucas. You actually, you, you, get to, uh, you get to keep this podcast if you win. <laughs> okay, ready? Here it is. Would you rather always have one of your front teeth missing? For the rest of your life, you have to have one of your front teeth missing, gone, or... <laughs> No nose on your face. Just no <laughs> nose. Just like a blank nose face. This is so face. easy. This is such an easy question. What? Really? Absolutely. Well, here, I, I can I... Uh, well, let's hear what you think I don't first. Wanna, and I, I can argue wanna, for one yeah. of them that I think I, you're I'll not I'll go after choose. her. Okay. What do you think? Front tooth. Front tooth. Front tooth. Really? Yep. Here's the, here's the thing. Do you want to look like Lord Voldemort? Yeah. Do you mm, want to look like Voldemort? Here's the thing. When you have one front tooth missing... <laughs> People think it's your fault. People are like that person is not qualified. Yeah, but if you have things. your nose missing, like why? Just Here's scream. the thing: don't open your mouth. When someone doesn't have a tooth, they're like they chose to not have a tooth. Like you could get that fixed. What's the nose thing? The nose thing is that person has a has a disability. That person has like no nose. They're, they can't do anything about that. It's more likable. I, listen, I admire the generosity of your spirit, but there is no way that a guy or anyone I think that's crazy a, a person. Rebecca, listen, thumbs up I, if you would do no nose. No, 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 no. I want to ask you. Thumbs ask down. A question. Teeth. Barry. What? Barry, what person is more? <laughs> you put a blur. Voldemort. <laughs> that's exactly what you would look like. See, Hold the on. problem though is everything else about Voldemort is ugly. You would look just like you, but and hold you on, just have but no hold on. nose. What person, and you have to answer honestly, what person is more likely to die alone? A person who is missing <laughs> a front tooth or a person who has no nose? Front tooth. <laughs> front tooth. Have you ever You're seen... Have, Jessica, have you ever seen someone who just doesn't have a front tooth that you I would trust? Have. That you would trust? Well, I didn't trust him to begin with. <laughs> I know. I knew before he lost the tooth. Okay. All right, you would you wouldn't trust someone who had just no tooth. You'd be like, "What's wrong with you? Get a tooth." Uh, well, I would talk to them for a little bit, and I would get to know them, and I would gauge their trustworthiness well, based on that. All right, that. I'll add to it. You can't just say I did a thing with a magician or like a wizard, and I had to lose my tooth. As a would you rather? <laughs> you, just you can't like, say that. Well, you can't have you to just, just be like, "Oh, you know, I lost story. my tooth, and I didn't. I kind of dig the look, so I'm just not getting it replaced." That's crazy. You'd never get a job again. But in your Life. <laughs> anyway, you could be a podcaster. <laughs> crazy. You could do that. Would you, no nose. would you rather walk into a podcast hosted by a person with no tooth or by a person with no nose? No nose. Dude. Absolutely no nose. No nose. I'd be like that person is is that person's unique. They have no nose. Anyway, uh, I think that was one of my better would you rather. Uh, yeah, agree? Well, absolutely. Okay. I, that's why I'm always so excited when we do them. I'll be perfectly honest. I uh, I wanted to know really quick, um, what what would you say was gained by not, 
I mean, you won in in a lot of ways by in the election, right? What by not um, by challenging Mitch? But what would you say was gained most in the whole pursuit of the city council? Um, the people I met in Ground Game LA that exists today. So by by Ground Game LA, you think you've changed the political process with city we council will. elections? Or you will. We will. Yeah. What can uh, if people were interested in getting involved with Ground Game? What What should they know? Good. We meet every Thursday at seven thirty at five six one seven Hollywood Boulevard. Uh, it's accessible by the Red Line Hollywood and Western, and you can go to groundgamela.org. Um, we're also on Facebook, and you should absolutely come to a meeting um, every uh, first Thursday of the month. We have a community meeting, so if you don't know anything and you're a little sheepish, come to that one. There's like food and drink. Can you repeat that information one more time? Ground Game LA, 5617 Hollywood Boulevard, Thursday meetings, 730, uh, first open house community meetings the first Thursday of every month, groundgamela.org. Uh, you can reach out to me at jessica at groundgamela.org. We're also on Facebook. And can you give us a quick pitch for how changing the city council for the better could lead to changing the the larger party maybe or changing the political what, what's system the, yeah what's the, what what's the great change yeah like if if you change on the local level what, what can happen what can that what can happen everything los angeles city has four million people in it we have more people than the state of montana south dakota north dakota idaho wyoming combined yo if we can make massive ch- we have a we have a working operating budget of four billion dollars so if we can change how city council operates how it's transparent how it interacts with constituents the kinds of things we invest in right now our lapd gets 54 percent of that working budget if that money went to other services for folks we would be blueprinting something that other cities across the nation could use there's such an opportunity in los angeles because it's full of creative thinkers of it's the most diverse, one of the most diverse cities on the planet, um, and we have um, the money and potential to create massive change. And it starts on the local level, yep. sorry, because you, you can get people involved in politics who wouldn't get involved otherwise. It's just their day-to-day yeah. lives, yeah. you know? What would you say to someone who is on that threshold of, like, I think I want to get into politics? What would you say to that person? I would say, let's go have a coffee and let's talk. Okay. Nice. Yeah, nice. What if important. they don't drink coffee? Tea. Tea. Water. That was very quick, very drink. open-minded. Yeah. I love um, tea. Yeah. I, I'm not a big tea fan. That's fine. We don't have to drink tea. But uh, <laughs> maybe there are other positive things to know about the world, right? Do we do a Digi Yes this year? Just today? Oh, my God. I'm are you okay, man? No, I'm losing are you it. I'm drowning, <laughs> you I'm drowning in front of your eyes. Did we miss it? Did we miss it? Is there a Digi Yes today? Did you do a you Digi Yes? You seem like you just woke up <laughs> no. just now. There's and nothing just... on the schedule for a Digi Yes. Like, so wait, we're, we're just in time to continue talking. Uh, let's pretend I didn't say anything at all. What's a Digi Yes? There was no segment. You can cut that out, I yeah, guess. Yeah, there was no segment there at all. Yeah, there was no segment there at all. I thought there was a segment that we do in other shows sometimes, but there wasn't. You cut it out for this one? No, no, it. no. We just over... And we there's another segment. So oh, there's still another segment. Oh, I know that. I know that segment. Okay, I'm just making sure. No, thanks, Well, it's not just that. It's not just what you were pointing he drove us off the rails here. He's really great, isn't he? Yeah, Brendan's terrific. Yeah. Brendan's great. Are you being facetious? No, no, no. no. Oh, I thank no. you guys. Thank you very much. Oh. It's a very comforting voice that he has, yeah. that you have. 
Why, thank you. It's the first vo- the first and agree. only voice she's complimented oh, while being here. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to. I, I really want to um, hear because I have my own visions of how this goes down. But what was election day night? Oh my like? god, I'm so sad that you asked me this. I, it's so I know embarrassing. That, is it? No, I, I think that uh, I think it's a good question. Barry, you know, right? Barry, I, Barry, Barry. I think our listeners have been asking about it the whole show. So what? what uh, here's what I can I say. What I picture tweets. happens on election day yes. night. I picture that you're in a hotel room, um, and uh, every once in a while you're alone, you're pacing, and every once in a while someone comes in and they're like, the numbers are looking good, or the numbers aren't looking good. And then you look out on the city, and you just think about stuff. You guessed it. It's like a Michael Mann is it, movie? Is or? it an emotional roller coaster? Maybe now you tell me what your experience was. Walk us through what it's like to be running for office on the day where people decide Okay, yeah, this was it's very, were you confident it was going very into it? specific for me. Yeah. I woke up and I was full of anxiety, like right. paralyzed, like sweating profusely, like jitters. Um, I we had a lot of teammates in like our shirts um, out on street corners, like a hundred feet away from the polls, which you have to be on election day. But like with all of our campaign materials going like rah, rah, having like goodies, having balloons, all that stuff. I could not do that. I felt very guilty of not being able to do that. Mm -hmm. I instead like went to Trader Joe's and bought a bunch of food for the party that night, um, went to the campaign headquarters while everybody else was out on the streets, like talking to people and getting people to vote and stuff and like cleaned the office and set up all the food for that night and bit my nails down to their nail beds. I remember specifically calling one of my teammates, Kendall, um, and being like, we're going to win. Like, I feel like we're going to win. So you felt confident. Yes. And she went, dude, I think so, too. Because literally everybody we talked to was like, yes, we're going to vote for you. It was crazy. So you never really get a full gauge of exactly what's going to happen, right? No. And a lot of it is just faith. And then stuff started coming in, and it wasn't good because it was the first vote-by-mail ballots, and Mitch got... All nearly all of those, yeah. and and I at that point was exhausted, just like like wanting to not to die. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was just so yeah. tired. Yeah. Would and you Would you ever want to run again? I will not run again, and it's not because of not wanting to per se, but it's because I think there are people better suited for it than myself. I think there are people closer to struggles um, that have the answers that I don't have. And I would rather spend my time supporting those people than running myself, if that makes sense. Do you think you'll stay involved in the in politics? And I mean, that's ground game. Yeah. Is, I mean, is All ground game a long term goal? Yes. So do, is that what you plan to be is sort of like a and is that just for electoral purposes like no. in elections or no, it's issue campaigns and it's organizing organ. Thank you. Yeah. No, I, I, I know <laughs> I can just answer the questions for I mean, <laughs> I love when men do I that. Can <laughs> that <laughs> I got this. No, actually. <laughs> Uh, uh, I really quickly. I, yeah. I want to know how do you deal with the loss? Like, if <laughs> did you did, was it take? Did it take a few days? I am because well, we all deal with you know disappointment. So how how did you? Was it was it a very difficult process? Well, let me say this too. It, the camp, our team was so committed to this that like we all dealt with the loss very differently. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just want to acknowledge that like there was very high emotions from lots of people on the team and to just show that like it wasn't just me even mm-hmm. though my name was i was the candidate um 
And that was what was so powerful about it, too. Um, the next day, I personally woke up feeling very energized because for about two weeks, all I had been saying is I want the campaigning to be over so that we can get to work on the issues because I was literally listening to people talk about their issues feeling like I had answers to them and not being able to do anything yeah. because all my energy was going into campaigning. So I woke up the next three days. I was so energetic. And then I crashed. And I and I have to say, I don't think I fully kind of unpacked things until October of last year. So it, And I didn't realize that I needed that long to unpack. Um, so I feel going into this year, like, very refreshed, very energized and excited for the work ahead. Are you going to be – is there any advice that you have for people for these upcoming midterms or anything like that? Is there yes, you guys... absolutely. Get involved. Um, connect with local groups who are progressive because they know who to vote for. Like talk to people. You know, reach out. Don't be afraid to reach out. Pay attention um, and and do good... work. Do work. Do the work. Get on the ground. Knock on doors. Phone bank. Like get out of your comfort zone and help are there any good resources online for or how to find progressive groups for people to get connected to? I mean, honestly, for LA, like just contact Ground Game, I would say, because we're we're pretty. Give us the website again. GroundGameLA.org. Um, but there's like all these other great groups. Whether you're involved in housing, homelessness, um, environmental, energy, uh, racial injustice, there's so many groups that are doing good work that all have like opinions that go into electoral politics as well. Also, I want to plug that there is a there is work on the ground for um, repealing Costa Hawkins from the state level. On So this will be on the ballot in 2018 if we can get enough signatures. So if you are a person that feels like you can get on the ground and knock on doors. Repealing what? Costa Hawkins. Costa Hawkins is a state law that doesn't allow um, cities to create rent control. Um, mm. So Los Angeles's rent control is dated at 1978. So if we repeal Costa Hawkins, we can boost that year further up, you know, uh, and have more apartments that are under rent control. Okay. Um, That's great. And also there's uh, work going on through White People for Black Lives started in the Bay Area, but the White People for Black Lives group down here um, in Los Angeles is doing it, and it's to give felons the right to vote. So Ground Game is working on both of those ballot initiatives, and I would say, like, those are really important issues that we're working on. Vote for Gail McLaughlin for lieutenant governor. She's incredibly progressive. She was the lieutenant mayor of Richmond, um, and I'm happy to talk to anybody that is trying to navigate this work. Awesome. And to add to that, sorry, if someone wants to know about upcoming elections that someone wouldn't know about, like local elections and stuff, yeah. it, can you find that out at Ground Game? Or is there a place to be like, I want to know about every election because I deal with that. Like when, Yeah, you can go. It's so not transparent, but you can go on to the county registrar's website yeah. and they'll list them out. Yeah. Um, but that's another thing that Ground Game is hoping to facilitate is like, how do we make this work more transparent and accessible yeah. to folks? Great. Cool. All right. It's so time just... to name that tune. Oh, shit. Oh. Shit. Should we just do the food or should we do the name of that tune it's also? It's not time to name that oh, tune. Okay. Uh, I guess we're going to name All right, really quick. This is a really good one. This is, again, this is for worth one point. <laughs> I'm so bad at these things. No, no, no. This you're going to be great at. Uh, yeah, we're going back to points. That's right. Uh, what do you, what do, uh, Barry, let's quickly confer. She has exactly <laughs> points. 
She has one, one, one point. One point. That's you right. actually are in the lead for all of our guests. <laughs> mm-hmm. No one's oh ever God. had uh, even a single point yet. I think we've rarely mentioned points after okay, 55 so here it is. minutes. So here this we go. is shocking for all of here us. Here we go. So you have to name that uplifting tune. All right. He's going to play We're like gonna a little bit of it. We're going to all feel good together. Uh-huh. We're going to all feel good with That's this tune. That's the motto and of this And here's segment. the thing. We're if you name it. Feel good. If you name it before Lucas... You get five points. <gasps> Honestly, this is the easiest five points here we'll we ever go. have. Are you I ready? I don't know no. music. Okay, here we I go. Don't either. <sighs> this is always... Oh, Wind Beneath My Wings. No, um, no. Uh, th- the greatest love of, of all, all. Yes! is it's happening. Right. Wow. Who's it by? Well, Are we not allowed to play any more of it? Who's it by? You gotta know. You gotta say who it's by, or, no, it's or you Midler, lose your points. It? Actually, it's just his name. That he's I remember long. So, Mariah oh. Carey, Whitney no. Houston. No. Yeah. Oh. So you just lost your. You lost three of those points. Ah! Boom, I boom, should boom, know boom. that. So you have yes, three points. You have three points now. <laughs> well, three um, points, and there's no better way to celebrate having three points. Than cupcakes. Than two. Cupcakes. Brendan, let's eat some food. Eat some food. Brandon, Brandon, Brandon. All right. Um, so today, mm. the thing about the eat some food thing is explain it's not just it. about eating some food. Thanks, explain Mary. It. I'm going to do it. Okay. I'm going to explain this to you, Jessica. Uh, Caesar salads. Um, <laughs> uh, basically, what we do is we get a food that purports to be good for the world because this is a get high and save the world broadcast. Uh. Um, uh, so uh, what I have today is though I've spilled some water. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Lucas spilled water. Is, uh, I have Rubicon Baker's strawberries and cream handcrafted cupcakes, and the great thing about Rubicon Baker's, uh, their their motto is to uh, bake a better world. Um, give me one second, F. Just explain it. Uh, basically, I have it right here. <laughs> oh, you have it. Okay. Uh, is that <laughs> it's just loading? Uh, Rubicon Baker's. I think you could do this, man. Uh, I don't think so. You want to get this it is exact, one of the facts? Huh? I don't know. Well, I just I don't want to I don't, I don't want to misphrase it because I didn't actually read it. I skimmed it. <laughs> <laughs> Rubicon Bakers was founded in 1993, and for over 20 years, uh, they've helped rebuild lives by employing, training, and supporting people who need a second chance. Wow. Many employees come to Rubicon from life on the streets, from prison, or recently recovered from substance abuse. Whoa. Yes. We provide employment so they can turn their lives around. Wow. So, Are they local? Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> and I think there's a lot of gluten. Uh, right. Yeah. No, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if they're local. Um, That's okay. But they, they, you, you know, they're handcrafted. In, in they're handcrafted and they're made by uh, by you know people who who need a second chance in life. Yeah. So it's uh, what we're gonna do is be very honest about whether or not they're <laughs> they're any good. All right, I'll take one. Yeah. Um, I think I, I you have to be honest too. Mm-hmm. There you go. We've all got. Really I just should describe what they look like. They look like cupcakes, like exactly what you're picturing. And then they have like there kind is of a, a, it's a vanilla cake, like a macaron shaped. Piece of icing on the top. And, it doesn't uh, feel connected. As it's much a yellow as sponge, and then they have like. What does um, the red dust remind you? Strawberry. Of? It, reminds... Cr- it reminds me of paprika. There's like a paprika, strawberry yeah. frosted yeah. paprika. Yeah. yeah. It's like it's gonna so be So you got to eat it also as close to the mic as possible, so we get some eating noises. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's great. I like it, and there's cream in the middle. Mmm. Did you guys get the cream in the middle? Wow. These are. You terrific. can really taste oh people God. getting their lives together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You can taste that second chance. You can mm-hmm. tell it's handcrafted because there's like a little. It's really good. Rubicon. In the middle. Go get mm-hmm. Rubicon. Support support Rubicon your uh, people who need your support. You can read about the the story the stories of their bakers too. Their individual bakers at rubiconbakers.com. 
and you can learn about the actual individuals who are handcrafting these cupcakes. It's a real feel-good. Oh, really good, right? It's not an ad. We're not paid for this at all. We oh. have actual ads. <laughs> wow. Well, this is not an ad at all. Maybe someday. Um, we're actually uh, we we want um, should be reimbursed by Rubicon. <laughs> mm-hmm. If Absolutely. anyone's listening who does do ads, we want free stuff. So <laughs> if you want to if you want to be on a, you know advertise on this, go for it. Yeah, um, we definitely you know we won't stop you. That was really good. That was terrific. Thanks so much for coming in. Oh, thanks for having it, me. It's been so informative. <laughs> yeah, um, this has been great. Maybe uh, tell us in one sentence why we should be hopeful about the world. Yeah, I think that's a good way to finish. Give us hope. Oh, Give us hope, God. really quick. Um, cupcakes what? are still being baked by yeah. Rubicon. By Rubicon. <laughs> Jessica Caesar Salins, yeah. everybody. All right, that's thanks again. Stick. Tune in. Tune in next week for something. <laughs> <laughs> Get high and save the world. It's a good show. Let's say uh, Seinfeld was on an island and he was blowing Boris Karloff. What would it, what would that be like? <laughs> it might go something like this. Oh, Mr. Karloff. I loved you and Frankenstein, and I love giving you a blowjob. Why, Mr. Seinfeld, I'd love having you 